0: Friday, continuing on. Our study, 1 Corinthians. And uh, Lord Willem will get the book wrapped up before the end of the year. See what happens. So we're going to pick up um, back in chapter 15 again. We didn't quite get through it. Chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 15. And I'm not sure how far we're going to get today, but. Uh, We'll see how that goes. So, I want to start by just asking a couple questions uh, as usual. Can you give me some examples of things that uh, you believe in, even though you can't see them or don't understand? Okay, not everybody's on the same page, but. No, 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 okay. Earth is round. None of us have seen that with our own eyes. The wind. There you go. Okay. Okay. Love. You certainly can't see it. Electricity. Electricity. People might kind of understand it here, but most of us don't. That's why most of us are a little afraid of it. Okay. That's what you believe in, even though you can't see it and can't tell. Sure. Right. What else? What else? God. Okay. I feel like there's just a ton of things. For some reason, I always think a cell phone. I mean, I have no idea how cell phones work and do what they do. Uh, I just can't get it. But I know that it's true. The internet. I don't get it. Uh. If I had to try and explain how the internet works to someone, it would make zero sense because I don't really, but I completely believe in the internet. Um, And so there are all kinds of things that we believe in. We put our trust in. We uh, are confident about every day that we just do not understand. Most of us hop in a car and we're not even clear on how things are working to get our car going. Use a computer, whatever those things are, but we completely trust in those things, right? Yeah. Um, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5:17: if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Do you believe that? Okay, you believe in Christ, you're a new creation. Do you believe that. And the old things have passed away. Do you believe that? And all things are new. Do you believe that? Do you? Yeah. What part of the believer is made new? I don't the okay. Yeah, Our spirit is made new. Has anyone ever seen your spirit? No. But well, we can trust that that has happened. We can be confident. Now, what part of the believer will be made new one of these days? Our entire form, and none of us can see that, have seen yet what that looks like, knows what that will exactly be like, but we can believe that's true, right? Most of the time we go through our day not thinking about these kinds of things because they're not the things we can touch, we can feel, we can see, but we we as believers have the opportunity to put our total trust, and total confidence in these truths. So, if you remember, the Corinthians, a lot of them were believing that there was no future birth, or or no future uh, resurrected bodies, that we would not be made new, that we would just go in the ground and we would rot, and that would be the end of our bodies. And Paul explains, no, Christ was raised. You also will be raised from the dead. That's what he takes the time to explain. And so, I want to again. We should be coming forward really fast, but I'm going to take another step back before we move forward. Okay. And so we've shared some of these scriptures before, but I want to get us uh, in the mindset because if we just start talking about, hey, you're going to be resurrected one day, it's kind of like, okay, that's hard to buy into. Or kind of hard to grasp for. And kind of, we can kind of wrestle with these things. But it is so important that we understand, embrace, believe these things, are convinced of these things, and they will have an effect on our day-to-day life if we truly do buy in. And so here's a verse from 2 Corinthians, right? 1 Corinthians, but these are some verses from 2 Corinthians. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. How many of you can relate to your outward man perishing? A little bit, every day, yeah. older you get, the more real that is. Uh, But yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So in other words, the affliction, the troubles which we all have in this room, are light And momentary compared to what God has for us. Now we kind of flip-flop that. What seems like a big deal to us is what's happening here and now and the pain and the sorrow and the difficulty and the strain and the struggle that many people have faced this week and maybe even today. Right? And that can overwhelm and squash a person if they don't keep their eye on the eternal things and the glory that is to come. We can be squashed by all the problems in our society, in our culture, in our relationships, in our own life, if we are not looking to eternity. And so he says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. Now, is that true for you? Paul's saying this for himself, for the other apostles. He's saying, in, in this passage, he's talking about they're getting whipped, they're getting beat up, they're getting all this. He's like, but we're looking at the things that are unseen, not the things we seen. And let me just ask you that for and myself. All that. This week, was I mostly looking at the things which are seen? And here and now, Or was I looking at the unseen and the eternal? That's what he's kind of getting at. That's why this chapter is so important. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. We all know this. But it's important for us to be reminded of it. Because what happens is we get refocused on something else. Our compass, we point our compass towards some heading that we should not really be fixated on. But we we need to get our compass realigned to the things that are eternal. One of the um, pictures we've shown before is this. And that verse we just talked about says that there are some things that are unseen. Things that are seen. That's 2 Corinthians 14, right? Now, the unseen are the things that are real, permanent, eternal, and complete. When he talks about every person in Christ is a new creation. Is that seen or unseen? It's unseen. Is it real? Is it permanent? Is it eternal? Is it complete? But if you're looking at just the scene, we have this illusion. We have what's changing. We have what's temporary. We have what's in process. And so... I give the example of trials here in the unseen, and that's why he says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect work that you may become complete. That's something that's unseen, that we can become complete and we can have joy in our trial. But if we're looking at just the scene, just what we can see with our eyes, just the temporal, just this week, just today, just my problems, those trials are just going to bring us up.
1: And so as we
0: continue on in this chapter, I want to just re- re- kind of like reframe our thinking and ask ourselves which realm am I devoting my life to? The seen or the unseen? And you know, the best way to know how you're devoting your life is how you devoted this past week. What was this week like? What was last month devoted? Because I think sometimes we want to make it kind of, uh, make ourselves feel a little better. We're like, well, I'm, I'm devoted to eternal things. I'm devoted to the spiritual things. Well, is that what we are devoting ourselves to day in? Does that make sense? And that's not to make us feel bad. It's to help us reframe and for us to see these are some important things for us to understand. We are to be looking to the future. We are to be looking at the promise. We are to be looking at the hope that it's to be had. Because if we're just looking right here, we're going to wreck our lives. Has anyone here ever taught someone to ride a bike um, uh, recently? Have you started riding a little dirt bike? stuff? So, stuff. And the the tendency, and even for some experienced drivers, drivers, is to just look right over the edge of the hood. They're like looking here, or looking at the front fender, or whatever it is. That's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? I mean, you're just going to end up wrecking. You're going to end up getting off track. You need to be looking. The same is true for us as believers. If we're looking at our front fender, we're going to wreck our lives. But if we're looking out ahead of us, we know where we're going, we will end up having a successful Christian life. We will be filled with joy and peace. But if we're just focused on what's happening here and now in the short term, we will end up miserable. We will end up fearful. We will end up shook up. We will end up insecure. But God has something better for each and every person. Okay? So again... Christ's resurrection provides us with promise. Uh, Remember the reality of uh, Christ being raised. The Corinthians have believed the truth about the resurrection. Moreover, brethren, I declare you the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received, in which you stand, by which you are also saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believe in vain, so he's saying, you guys bought into this thing already about Jesus Christ being resurrected. And he says, essentially, that Christ died for our sins. This is the gospel. According to the scriptures. That he was buried. I think he rose again. That's the gospel message. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's good news because he died and paid for our sins. That's good news. He would have just stayed in the grave, that would not have been good news because it would have meant our sins never got taken care of. Again, these are the things that are on the scene. You can't see that, but do you believe your sins were taken care of? Do you buy into that? Because what you believe about that will make a difference in how you live today. Either you're going to live under guilt, under shame, under unforgiveness, fear, trembling, or you will be comfortable, clean, whole. So what you believe about these things really matter for our day to day with So do you believe Christ died for your sins, that he was buried, he rose again, he conquered sin, he conquered death, your sins again. And then, again, you kind of may think, well, I, I don't really get all this He's trying to say Jesus Christ literally rose from the dead, physically rose. We talk about in, in the Gospels, it talks about he ate with them. He showed them scars. He said, Here, touch my side. He physically was resurrected. It's not just a picture, uh, uh, illustration, or analogy. He physically rose. He was seen by Peter, by the 12. Seen by 500 brethren, a lot of them were still alive, and Paul was alive. Uh, some had died. He was seen by James, all the apostles. So then he says, and even I, Paul, saw him. Uh, remember on the road to Damascus, we talked about this last time. And then he talked about how he's really at least one of the apostles, because he was persecuting the church, but God showed him all this grace and saved him anyways. And so that motivated him, and that's why he says, Therefore, I'm going to work even more abundantly. I labored more hard because God saved me, this person who was persecuting the church, you. so I am so motivated. I'll just say that to us. We should be motivated by God's grace to us. We're not just supposed to be motivated out of A lot of people are motivated out of guilt, out of shame. Out of, we should be motivated out of gratitude, for the grace, for the wonderful mercy and kindness that God did save us because we all really originally were against God. Now he talks about what if if Christ was not risen, then we're all just dead in our sin. If Christ is preached, that he has been risen from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? But if there is no resurrection from the dead, that Christ is not risen, Christ is not risen, our preaching is empty, your faith is also empty, and yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise if, in fact, the dead do not rise. If the dead do not rise, then Christ has not risen. If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all talked a little bit about this last time, but just think about it. If Christ's resurrection didn't really happen, this is all a loss or waste. And so, who here has seen the risen Christ? Not one person has seen the risen Christ. But we can choose to believe that. And if you choose to believe that, it will make all the difference life. If you're wishy-washy on it, or you're like, "Yeah, that part's not really important to me, then it's going to affect your day-to-day living. Here's what he's saying. If Christ wasn't raised, then we're promoting a worthless message. Your faith is worthless. We're just liars giving out false information about God. I will even be in more trouble. I would be in more trouble than you guys would be because I'm up here preaching it to you guys. I'm one of the biggest liars in this room if Christ didn't write You guys should banish me and have nothing to do with me. This is a bunch of baloney, but it's not. Jesus Christ is alive right now. We are still in our sins. If Christ didn't raise, (laughs) our sin problem is still a sin problem. The dead would be gone forever and our hope would only be temporary. Who would want that message? Live for Christ and then die. And nothing's going to be different. That's not true. So he says we have this promise of new life, this promise of resurrection. So Paul told us what would be true if Christ was not risen, but now he tells us Christ was risen. So these are some of the promises. That he's the prototype. Again, body that Christ had, we will have a like body like Christ. That another man, Christ, brought the promise of resurrection to mankind because Christ was raised. We also know we can be raised. All in Christ will be made alive. Any single person that's put their faith and trust in Christ will be made new. Your body may be a wreck here. You may have mental illnesses you struggle with here. You may have debilitating, intrusive thoughts here, but if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and if you are in Christ, you will be made new. You will be made alive. You will be made perfect. You will be glorified. That's the kind of things we need to keep our eyes on because we're all struggling with all the other stuff in our day-to-day lives. How many people here have character flaws? And I say it like this because it's probably sin. But a lot of times you call it character flaws. But I get it. It might be also character flaws. That you seem to have never been able to shake, in so far in your life. And you are doubtful that it will probably be shaken. It will be shaken. It will be gotten rid of. It may be after you die. But you're not going to struggle with that forever. That's good news. That's the kind of promise I need is somebody who honestly, sometimes I feel like I'm a grump. I can be a jerk. I feel angry more than not. And I want to be different. I work to be different. I feel like God is changing me. But honestly, at the pace I'm carrying this out, I don't know if it's going to be completely cleaned up by the time I But you know what? It will be completely clean. One day, I will not struggle with anger. One day, I will not struggle with insecurity. One day, I will not struggle with drunkenness One day, if you're a liar, you won't struggle with lies. One day, if you're greedy, you won't struggle with greed. If you are in Christ, you will be made alive. You will be Totally made new. That's good news. If your body is racked with pain and uh, disease and struggle, one day that will not be the case. These are the things that will, if we cling to these truths, they will make a difference in how we live today. Can you see the connection? Uh, first Christ was raised, then the dead in Christ will be raised at the rapture. That means that the dead in Christ means Christians will be raised when Christ.
1: I kind of want to take a little,
0: oh, this is dog leg here. It's not a hard uh, turn, but the power of the resurrection is the power that has been already given to us. So we already have some access to this kind of power. So, the power for the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ. You believe Christ is alive, right? How powerful does somebody have to be to conquer death? (laughs) How powerful, right? That kind of power is power. This kind of power is what we've been given. And it's made me free from the law of sin and death. So, just like the law of gravity, is gravity powerful? Gravity is so powerful. If you don't believe me, climb up onto the peak of this gable end here and leap off. I don't care how positive you're thinking. I don't care what kind of day you've had. I don't care what workout you're doing. You're going to hit the ground hard. Why? Because gravity is powerful. But there is something more powerful than gravity. Aerodynamics are more powerful than gravity. You can have a Mm five-ton plane flying around with passengers at breakneck speeds because (laughs) aerodynamics are more powerful than gravity. The life in Christ Jesus is more powerful than sin and death. Just like aerodynamics is more powerful than gravity, and gravity is powerful, sin and death is powerful. It's wrecked a lot of people's lives. But there's something more powerful and we as believers have. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that's power, right? He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I believe that this is not only speaking of one day we will have a new body, but even now we can begin experiencing that resurrection power and God giving life to our everyday lives, because that's how powerful Jesus is. And when we have Jesus Christ dwelling in us through His Spirit, we have the power. We don't have to be beat down by what's happening in the economy. Oh, how, what a bad day our spouses had or how jerky our boss is. We don't have to be oppressed by all of that because we have the one, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. So again, it's not only a future promise, but I believe it is a promise. So what we're talking about here, Jesus Christ being raised from the dead, is powerful stuff. Think of how powerful those things are that wreck your day. They might be powerful, but they're nothing compared to the power of life. But now Christ is risen from the dead. This is a fact. And he has become the first fruits or the prototype of those who have fallen asleep. In other words, those who are dead in the grave right now, he's the prototype of the resurrected body. For since by man. Came death. Who is the man that death came into the world by? Adam. By man. Let's see the capital M. This is Jesus. Also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam. All die. Even so in Christ. All shall be made alive. Each one in his own murder. Christ. The first fruits, or the prototype. Afterwards, those who are Christ at his coming. So it's saying that we will be raised from the dead at Christ's coming. Now, here's a verse from 1 Thessalonians. So let me go to this picture first. Here we have the Old Testament. Here we have the life of Jesus. We presently are in this who we would call the church age. This is the current time. Remember, Christ ascended. He's seated with the Father right now, right? So, at some point, see this little yellow arrow it stops right here? Christ is coming back for us, but he's not going to touch down on the ground. We're going to read this verse in a minute. He's not going to touch down on the ground first time. He's going to come back again after this But what it says here is that the dead in Christ will be raised. This is what we call the Rapture. Christ is coming back one day. It could happen this afternoon. It says He will come with like with a trumpet, uh, like a shout uh, or the blow of a trumpet. Christ will return. He will be in the sky. Again, we got to believe this stuff we don't we haven't seen it yet but we're going to believe it, right? He will be in the sky and the dead in Christ, your great grandma or whoever was in Christ believers will be raised up at that point. All these believers that they will be raised from the dead. They will be given new bodies at that point to be in the sky. Then it says those who are living will be raised up. And I believe it's going to be instantaneous like that. I believe heaven, Christ will be given their bodies. I don't know if we'll be able to see those. If I was alive today, if I would be able to see a saint come up out of the ground with their new body, I have no idea if we'll be able to see that happening. But that will happen. And then those who are still alive when Christ returns with the rapture, if he comes back this afternoon and we're all still alive, then, so all those dead would be raised up, and then we would. Be raised up. You remember when we started this out, and I said, "There's some things that you may not see, but you believe in, and you put your faith in, and you have confidence in." It? This is one of those kind of things. Either you're going to buy into this, or you're not going to buy in. If you buy into it, it will radically affect your life for the better. This is a major rabbit trail, total speculation. This is not in the Bible at all. What I'm going to say right now, mm-hmm. I personally believe some of this stuff over the past 20 in oh, 10 years, all the UFO stuff has become such... I think that that's going to be part of the excuse that the evil one tricks people into believing because all of a sudden people vanish. And I think people will say, see, there was an alien abduction. So I think there might be something that happens in the heavens that they're aware of, that they can see when Christ comes back. And, but all of a sudden, all these believers have are gone or raptured. I think that it be and so I believe that kind of Satan has been setting the stage also. It, this is one just a pet peeve. It's kind of it drives me crazy that the History Channel, which I don't even get anymore, but I used to really love the History Channel. Every other day, it's like a marathon with UFO shows. I'm like, this isn't even history. It's like speculation. It's all like, but, yeah, isn't that annoying? Uh... We went from covering history to, you know, the UFO chasers, whatever. My personal opinion is this is all part of the working of deceiving people into not believing in the rapture. With all that said, we have this. I don't know about UFO thing, That's just one of my personal thing. We have this to rest on. And it says Christ is coming back. It says the dead in Christ will be raised. I don't know about that. But the dead in Christ will be raised. And those that are alive will be taken up. I want to just add one more thing. Those who are left here on earth will have an opportunity to be saved and to repent. Hopefully, there will be many, many people who will go, Oh, this is what they were talking about. Jesus Christ Israel. So they will have a lot of those people will have a chance. They're gonna probably live through some horrific things, I believe, during the tribulation, but they will have a chance. So are you with me here on this? So here's what Paul told this group. You're like, why are you guys talking about this? Like, why this just tell me how to have a better marriage? Just tell me how to Paul wanted people to know about these things. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant, because knowing what's happening in the future shapes our today. He says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, brothers, and sisters, concerning those who have died fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. So in other words, you're going to be depressed if all you're hoping in and your friends around you are dying. You're going to be depressed and have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we do believe that, right? Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So he's saying those who died already in Christ will be brought with Christ. For this we say to you by word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who have fallen asleep. So, what he's saying is, those who are dead will be raised first. We're not going to go first, they're going first. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. So remember, he's not setting feet down on the earth yet. He will do that later, but he's going to come appear. There's going to be a shout, there's going to be a trumpet. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So again, he's in the air. Now, I've read this dozens and dozens of times, but this is exciting to just reread. This is good news, especially Watch watch the news on TV and then compare it to this news in black and white print. This is the good news. I don't care if we work a new deal or there's a new economic this or person we want to get voted in for president. again. None of that's good news. This is good news. That the dead in Christ will be raised and those who remain will be caught up with him. And thus we shall always be with the Lord, but good news. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. A lot of times we comfort one another with words like this. Uh, you know, what, what does not kill you is just going to make you stronger. You know, you'll get through this. Except so you can do it. That's not how we're supposed to encourage you one another. We're supposed to encourage one another with these kind of Internal, spiritual, deeper, more unseen truths. Because this is where the true comfort really comes from. Those other things aren't as comforting as they seem. I'm not saying never tell me good job. I'm just saying this is where true comfort. Comes from. So, I want to. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap up with that thought. I'm gonna wrap up with that thought. Any thoughts in closing? What What do you think of when you hear this stuff? Is it kind of at first, it seems like, okay, how does this really connect, but can you make some connections of why this matters in our day-to-day living? Yeah, it is comforting. Confidence, Confidence yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Bye-bye. Okay, I had a uh, great day in talk. Well, praise God that you're here. And have a whole other thought on mediums. But I will say this. I believe there is a spiritual reality and some people are plugged into that and good and bad. But bigger than that, whatever the reality is with that lady, good, evil, mixed, I don't know, whatever. I do know this. God can use all things to bring to the So I
1: think that Whatever is up
0: with that lady, I have no clue. I have my thoughts, but I would say this praise God that he would use something like that to bring me to faith in himself. And spiritual things, we don't get a lot of what's going on in the spiritual realm, and we probably won't till that day when we're up with him. But I'll say, praise God for that. If you're here, and that your heart is open to God. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so again, these are things we're talking about, these things that you can't just put your finger on, touch, and uh, say, oh yeah, I saw this event happen, but we really need to be putting our faith, trust in these things that will give us confidence because you know what? The rest of the world does not have this kind of confidence. We have this hope, this promise. And it is all because of Jesus Christ. And so I would just encourage you, dwell on these things. Be confident this week. Dwell on the things that are true in Jesus Christ about you. Okay? All right. We pray. Father, we thank you for your son. We we are so grateful for your son. We're so grateful for that gospel message that he was going to die for our sins, our sins of Spirit, We don't have to Live burdened by sin, by the penalty of sin, but that we can be made new spiritually, and that one day we will have that physically and mentally. We look forward to that day. Help us not to get hung up on the things that are seen. and know we have to deal with them. Help us not to be hung up with these things. That we're Help us to be more consumed with the spiritual and the things, and to see all of life through that. Again, we thank you for your son pray these things in his name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Have a great Sunday. <laughs>